So you have to be very measured and you have to test. You got to test your offer. What's my offer going to be? Offer is probably the biggest driving force to results. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, as well as that has Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn. I am mixing my words this morning. With me, as always, is the giant of the industry, Mr. Dan Gordon. And we have even a bigger giant as our guest. So, Dan, why don't you introduce yourself, introduce our sponsors, introduce our topic and our very, very, very special guest. Absolutely. And I'm going to read right off the sheet because I got it all right the last time. So it's going to work. So because you hello, read. everyone. <laughs> hello, everyone. This is Dan Gordon from PCO Bookkeepers and M&A Specialists. We're accountants and brokers to the pest control and uh, lawn care industry. <laughs> As always, if you like what you hear, rate us, review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Additionally, and this one, uh, I'll go a little off script, is uh, you may have heard the news that we've expanded the PMP industry insider offerings into peer groups in partnership with industry veteran David Billingsley. Uh, by the way, that's going really well. We've formed several new groups around it. Um, if you're interested in joining a, a peer group, go back, listen to episode 130 or visit pmpindustryinsider.com backslash peer groups to learn more. And also, please consider supporting our uh, sponsors. And if you're interested in marketing, I will say rather than digital marketing, more of integrated marketing because it's much more than digital, call Colmarch. And to learn more, go to colmarch.com. And if you're interested in insurance for the pest control industry, it's PestSure and visit them at PestSure.com. And today we are talking about how to develop a lawn care company with industry icon, Joe Cusick. And uh, I've known Joe for a very long time. Uh, he is a veteran of the lawn care industry having founded the software company Real Green to solve problems in his own lawn care business. And ultimately, uh, Joe sold a stake in Real Green to private equity, which uh, sold to WorkWave in 2021. And today, Joe is involved in a lawn care company called Experigreen. So with that, I say, welcome, Joe. How well, did I do? You. You did great. I feel like I should be doing a car sales uh, video or something uh, after all this commercial. Uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> well, here's what I would say. First of all, Joe, it is fantastic to have you on the podcast. Uh, I have, just for our listeners, I've been friends with Joe for many, many years. And if you know Joe, you are a friend of Joe's. I, I don't know that I've met anyone that has not been a friend of Joe's. And we all have a Joe story. I certainly have many of them, some of which involve jet skis, some of which involve airplanes, but most involve business and just having a great old time. And so I will tell you, Joe is probably one of the best business guys I've ever met. I learned a lot from him uh, as I was coming up through the industry. And, uh, you know, the one thing I, I very I, I much respect about Joe is that it's just his really focus on making sure people are taken care of. I learned a lot from him about that. And so, Joe, with that being said, great have you here welcome to the podcast glad to have you 
Well, thank you. I feel like I also owe you guys money for all these accolades. Uh, you've been very kind. Uh, yes, we'll send we'll send you a bill later. Oh, but uh, <laughs> the one thing that that that, that uh, little off script is Joe's customer base has always been his family, and you could you know that that that's always been awesome, and uh, you know he treats them like family, and he's always willing to help. So. Uh, Anyway, we appreciate that. So, Donnie, you want to start with the first question or you want me? Yeah, no, we'll go ahead. So let's talk a little bit about kind of what you're doing now. You know, for me, um, I think everyone is obviously aware, you know, Joe, you you have done, uh, you have, you know, started, built, sold several lawn care companies. So obviously, you know how to, you know how this industry works, you know how to build a lawn care company. Um, but you've also um, you had a really big impact in, with many many folks in the industry through Real Green. Um, I think a lot of folks are obviously aware that you know you moved on from Real Green, and I think most know that you're you're still involved in the lawn care industry. Can you just walk or at least bring us up to speed? You know what have you been up to since those days? Okay, so so Real Green is kind of I don't want to say it's in the rearview mirror because it's not, but I would say that's probably not your sole focus now. So what what have you been up to? Are you are you spending all your days on the golf course? And I'm laughing because I say that because I know that you're not, but just kind of walk us through like what you've been up to and kind of where you're going. Well, the question I keep asking myself is um, how I had time to work before because I, I seem to stay so busy. Excuse me, I got a little bit of a cold too. So uh, yeah. I'll have to excuse me for a, a cough here and there. Um, you know, about six years ago, I started a company with some friends called Experigreen, a lawn care company. Uh, it was around the time that True Green bought Scott's Lawn Service. And uh, several of the lawn, Scott's Lawn Service guys that were forced to sell to True Green uh, via their franchise agreement, uh, they were forced to sell, wanted to start another lawn care company. They came to me asking for some investment, asking for uh, some advice. And uh, I said, you know, I'd love to be involved. So I invested a little bit of money into it and was sitting on the board with them. Um, unfortunately, my partner, Mike Cannon, uh, got very ill and ended up passing away shortly after we started the company. So my involvement ratcheted up significantly at that point. Um, we're, you know, we we're trying to grow it all organically. And when you're trying to lo- grow seven locations organically, it gets very, very expensive. And that's where you find out how much it costs to market and how much it costs to pick up a new customer. And um, after a few years of pain there, we uh, decided to start doing some acquisitions. My partners initially were against spending the money on acquisitions. But as I show them later, um, doing an acquisition in a, in a greenfield market is the quickest, best way to to open a new market. And... Uh, so we started uh, doing some acquisitions about a year ago, last August, um, here on Capital out of Detroit, bought a, a major a portion of our stock and became a major investor in the company. And we really ramped up the acquisitions. Um, and uh, today we have, well, as of next week, we'll have about 100,000 customers uh, and uh, we'll be in 16 different markets uh, the, the speed at which uh, things took off after we got the investment for the private equity was absolutely, absolutely amazing. So I, I spent some time on that. I also uh, opened up some health spas with my brother and uh, we're starting to franchise that as well. And uh, uh, been involved in a number of different businesses. I I, I kind of hate having money in the stock market. So, 
So I've been investing in a lot of different companies. <laughs> as spoken as a true that's, entrepreneur. <laughs> that's right. You can lose it just as quickly as they can. At least you'll know where it's going. <laughs> well, Joe, this kind of has to be kind of full circle for you, right? Because you didn't start in software, right? You started treating lawns. I mean, that's kind of how you got started in career. Now you're kind of kind of back at it. I mean, is that how does that feel? Well, I never really got out of lawn care, but... Um, I'm in it in the biggest way I've ever been involved as far as owning a lawn care company today. Uh, you know, you you know the story. My dad started a lawn care company. He was a police officer in Detroit and started a lawn care company on the side back in uh, 1964. And and, and um, he retired in 72 when I was in college, 74 through 78. I ran his business and um, I was actually going to go off to dental school. And uh, he said to me, why don't you just buy the business from me? You know, you're doing well. And uh, I looked at it and I looked at my friends that were dentists and I said, you know, I think I could do <clears throat> financially better being in business than being a dentist. So I, I opted out of dentistry and, and, and bought the business. It was a small business at the time, ran that for a number of years and uh, started Real Green Software, started writing software in 1984. And uh, we sold five years ago to private equity, sold a portion of the company as private equity. And as I think Dan said earlier, uh, then two years ago, we sold uh, half of our stock to to uh, to WorkWave, and now we're part of the WorkWave family as well. Uh, hold on one second. I just got to clear my throat here for a second. I'm going to put you on mute. <laughs> That's quite all right. I am. Um, it's interesting. I, uh, you know, I've I've been with Joe. I've known Joe for a number number of years, and. Uh, you're right. I mean, I, I remember we would be talking. I, I was involved, Joe, with software. I, I worked with Real Green a number of years. And, and specifically, if you meet Joe, you're going to know he's a sales guy, first and foremost, through and through. That is absolutely a, a, a key skill that he has. And so we we connected via marketing because uh, I wouldn't say I'm, a, I'm, I'm nowhere near as a sales guy that Joe is, but I certainly enjoy marketing. You know, bring, bringing it back around, like what now that, you know, that, that that's a, impressive lawn care company, a hundred thousand customers. What is your outlook for the lawn care industry these days? I mean, now that you're kind of back in it and, and you're very involved in it, do you see things slowing down? Do you see a recession coming? Like what, what do you think, what do you think the lawn care industry, where do you think it's at? And, and more importantly, where do you think it's going? Well, uh, first I'll address, uh, this, that salesman comment. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, people have said that about me, that I'm uh, a great salesperson, but it's, you know, when you have products like we had at Real Green, when you believe in what you're doing, it's, 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 you know, it's a mission of love. It's, a, you know, you get on your soapbox and you start preaching to people about what you can do and how you can help them grow their business and things of that nature. So I don't know that I have innate sales skills, but I've always had tools that I really believed in my heart that could help people. And uh, that made it easy for me to 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 sell software for those years. I mean, rarely would I even show the software when I did a demo. All I would do is talk about what we're going to do to grow your business and how we can help you and streamline things and lower your cost per sale, your cost per, per lead, and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, getting to your question, though, I <laughs> think I think we're going to have uh, I think we're going to have a resurgence in the industry, as you know. Uh, year and a half ago, uh, private equity took an interest in lawn care, uh, similar to the way they did with uh, pest control 15 years ago. Yeah. And now lawn care companies are a very hot commodity. And there's a lot of 
a lot of owners that are getting to that age of retirement. So there's been a lot of businesses that have been purchased in the last year and a half, a lot of nice size businesses. And I think you're going to see uh, what happened when Scott's was purchased by TrueGreen. A lot of the people that work for Scott's, <laughs> like the franchisees that I work with at Experigreen, will start new businesses. And there'll be this, uh, like after a fire, a forest fire, you see all that green growth come up afterwards. I think you'll see a lot of new growth come up in the industry. Um, it's harder today to grow a business than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, you guys went with me on my tour, Life After the Yellow Pages, uh, when I did those marketing tours around the country. And uh, so, you know, for years, we we depended on the Yellow Pages. Just put a big ad and be on page one and just stand by your phone and answer the phone and you're going you're gonna to make sales. Well, we know what happened to that and digital marketing has taken over. And uh, so it's it's more expensive to grow a business now. You have to be more sophisticated to grow a business now. And uh, there's still tools and it can still be done, but it's uh, it takes it takes more work. I uh, I started a little business in Tulsa for my for my nephew a year ago, and we've got I think last count 258 customers. But he's done it all all just knocking knocking doors, clover leafing, word of mouth, and so forth. And he's got a nice little business. Could do maybe 160 thousand this year or something. Um, and, uh, so, you know, a guy can start a business if he's willing to go out and beat the streets and, and work at it. Uh, but it is more expensive and, and digital marketing, uh, you know, is definitely, is definitely the mainstay for all businesses today, but it, it can be very expensive. And depending on how fast you want to grow your business, I, I don't, I, I, you can't put all your eggs in digital marketing, in my opinion, uh, you know, things like direct mail. Uh, targeted direct mail, very targeted direct mail, because direct mail can be a very expensive lead source as well. Um, but targeted direct mail to you know past customers, past estimates, neighbors of existing customers, things of that nature um, can 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 be effective, not cheap, but effective. And and you know one of the things that I I'm a big believer in is door to door sales. Still, uh, it's it's the hardest thing to do. It's the most difficult thing to do. Hiring a team. To go out and do it, keep that team on board, keep that team disciplined and focused. It is very difficult, but it's like a faucet. You can turn it on and you can turn it off. Hire 10 salespeople, you're going to make you know X sales. Hire 20 salespeople, you're going to make 2X sales. So it's something that you can ratchet up or ratchet down as depending on the time of year and uh, the success the team is, is having and so forth. I, I don't think... You know the economy has never had a huge impact on the on the lawn care industry. We've been pretty resistant to uh, to the economy. Uh, people who are working and have jobs, the type of people uh, that buy our services, normally are still working. You know they might have to cut out a vacation or a new car purchase for a little while or something, but they're gonna they're gonna keep working. And I think in a lot of cases, people spend more money on their home. Uh, when they don't take a vacation because they're around and they and and they take a, a, a stronger interest in their property. The only caveat I would say to that was the COVID years. Um, the industry saw a big explosion in the in in sales uh, during the, the two year period of COVID, whether it was the, the money that was being spread around by the government or that there were like 
like a recession are forced to be home and they took a bigger interest in their in their home and their property. Uh, I don't really have the answer to that, but we did see a big explosion. So this year, uh, sales have slowed down and and um, owners owners kind of took the COVID years, those two COVID years as the new norm. But it wasn't the new norm. It was a it was an exception. And uh, so a lot of people, you know, that I've talked to this year are, are disappointed. You know, oh, we're only going to be up 10 percent. We're only going to be up 9 percent. Well, that's probably the norm. Uh, what we saw when we were growing 20 percent and 25 percent was unusual. It was it was a, uh, obviously COVID was a horrible thing. But uh, for our businesses, that was uh, that was a boon. And uh, so I, I think you're seeing a lot of the larger businesses being purchased, um, you know, like Experian Green was by private equity. And I think you're going to see a consolidation of, you know, there's probably six or seven private equity firms that have made um, uh, substantial investments in the industry. There's a few more that have bought a company, but, uh, you know, substantial investments. There's probably five, six private equities. And I think you'll see a consolidation among those in the years to come to build a, you know, a company that rivals a, a true green, uh, you know, probably three to five years down the road. I think you'll see start seeing some of that consolidation. But no, I think things are going to go well. I think the industry is going to continue to grow. Uh, but if you're getting into the business, you're going to have to be more sophisticated. People using index cards and, uh, you know, thinking that they can just sit at home and their business is going to grow. They're, they're, they're going to be sadly mistaken. Hey, Joe, the, the you know, I've done a lot with pest and um, years ago, the same valuations for pest and lawn, you know, they, they, you know, dollar for dollar or whatnot. And you had, you know, Terminex and Orkin who are Rollins who are buying them up. And then you had, you know, Renekill come over from Europe and Antisemics and they drove up prices and then private equity has gotten in and driven it up. I see the same thing happening in lawn care, and I think it's terrific for lawn care operators because we've seen probably the valuations double over the past year or two. But here's the question that I have. I don't see True Green making big moves. What do you think their strategy is? Are they waiting on the sideline for these guys to come in and 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 mess it up or sell to them? Or what what do you think? What what what's going on there? Well, um, you know, True Green, Jerry Solon, they're they're very disciplined. Yeah. And they've set the bar where where the bar is, and they're not going to exceed that bar. And mm -hmm. um I I think if you talk to Jerry or or somebody from True Green, you would find out that, yeah. that um they're they're kind of amazed or shocked at what, what lawn care companies are selling for because uh for the past 40 years they've been able to buy companies for eight cents uh, or 80 cents on the dollar or dollar for dollar. And now companies are selling for, you know, it depends on the size of the company, but a really large company that could be a platform could sell for two X or better, uh, better yeah. uh, you know, a large business that could be a platform, you know, add-ons or bolt-ons are not going to sell for that kind of price. But, um, but um, no, I think they've set the bar. They've done their analytics and they say, this is what we can afford to spend. You know their cancel rate is higher than than you know most independents, uh, and that's going to come with any large organization. The larger the organization, the more difficult it is to to hold on to customers. So when they look at their customer lifespan, it might. And I'm just throwing numbers out here. I don't know what their you know their cancel rate is 
per se, but uh, you know, let's say they're they're canceling thirty five percent of their customers, and and an independent is 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 uh, canceling at eighteen percent. Well, you you've got a lot shorter lifespan to pay that customer off when you're canceling at thirty five basis versus 18. So I think that could be part of the thing. And this is, I'm just surmising. I, you know, I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I don't guessing. have an inside track. But uh, it's funny in talking with, uh, with Jerry, he, he was always, the, um, you know, he's amazed at the valuations now, but should he be? Because he's been watching out of his other eye pest for years and years saying, geez, this is unbelievable, but that's where it is. So it's, it's kind of interesting. We'll see where they go. Uh, well, you, know, you would think I mean, you would the think other with part Terminex of it is, being part of it too. Uh, Terminex, they they they've seen what's happened, and uh, yeah, I, he'll get over the shock, and I would imagine they'll they'll jump back in at some point. I I think at they're going to have to because the reality to. of it is is that marketing costs are going to. I mean, when you look at acquisition via marketing, it, it there's no Kmart special anymore. Like acquisition costs and marketing are just as expensive as acquiring or to get, I mean, they're getting there. I mean, it, it's not there quite yet. Maybe that's a bit of an over-exaggeration, but the fact is, is that, you know, buying customers at 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar, that, that those, days, those days are old, right? I mean, oh, so yeah. it's going to, it's, it's going to have to drive up the acquisition costs, which in that case, if you're looking at it and you can't drive the results of marketing, you're going to have to go to acquiring. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing this. So, so let's bring it back, Joe. So real quick, Obviously, you you came, you know, you were you're in lawn care, you you delved over into technology and software in the lawn care industry. Are you still kind of are you are you still, you know, kind of moonlighting in that area? Or did you kind of say, well, you know, we I, my software days are over, I'm gonna really focus on growing lawn? And if so, then what what do you what do you think in terms of technology in the lawn care industry and kind of where things are going? Well, um moonlighting, I'm not sure if I would call it moonlighting, but, uh, uh, just trying to eat out a living, right? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm trying to simplify my life, but I'm buying two new businesses. <laughs> my wife says you're the busiest retired guy I know. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the technology, as far as applications go, I don't think we've seen much of a change, you know, since, uh, the power spreader became, became the norm in our industry. I, th I think that's, you know, it, maybe handhelds, um, handheld technology was another technology that came on really strong five to 10 years ago. And, um, you know, uh, self-service websites, uh, again, five to 10 years ago really took off. And, you know, almost every company now has a self-service website uh, to service our customers. Um, you know, so I don't see a big change in technology on that side. Uh, on the digital side, you know, um, you know, like, Pay-per-click. I, I have never had good luck uh, acquiring customers at a, at a reasonable rate using pay-per-click. You know, organic. Yes, uh, we can we can get customers for you know a reasonable price. But I think you nailed it when you said the cost of acquisition is is gotten so high that now it looks very appetizing to buy companies. Whereas before you'd look at it and go, well, if I can pick up a customer for ninety dollars, eighty dollars a customer, why am I going to pay? $350 for that customer, it made no sense at all. Today, uh, today things are different. Um, you know, getting back to that private equity a little bit, private equity has so much dry powder, so much money sitting on the sideline, and they and they have no trouble raising funds. I mean, if they, they announce they're going to raise a fund of $50 million, they'll sell it out in a week. 
two weeks, they'll sell out that fund. They've got the money. And, um, and I think that that's another one of the reasons why lawn care took off is they needed a place to put money. And sometimes spending it, maybe, uh, maybe overspending to get into the industry. Uh, but, uh, but as far as technology goes, I think, you know, the stuff that Colmarch offers, the, some of the marketing stuff that Real Green offers, uh, you know, the marketing help that Dan does, the peer groups, um, those are all the kind of things that you need to be doing. Uh, you know, if you're not in a peer group, you need to get into a peer group because, uh, you know, I, I was in a peer group for about 10 years. And I remember uh, one of the gentlemen that joined the, a very large company from the West Coast joined our peer group and said, you know, we consider lawn care dead. We don't think we can grow lawn care. And two years later, he said, lawn care is leading the charge now. Our pest control, our Christmas lighting, all these other things are falling way behind. And lawn care is now our main business. He goes, in two years, being in this peer group, it has just changed our whole mentality and uh, and the way we go about things. So, you know, I'll put a plug in for Dan and the peer groups because uh, that can be a huge asset in, in growing your business. Find out what what other folks are doing in other markets and so forth. You know, another thing that I I think people should do is be attending that the Real Green User Conference in January. It's another phenomenal networking uh, opportunity. And you know, Dan said earlier that, you know, I always treated people like family. We did. We tried to build a culture uh, around helping each other. And, uh, you know, I can remember a story where, a woman and her husband came to the first their first user conference, and she told her husband, "You know, don't be telling anybody anything at this conference about what we're doing." Okay, you know, this we don't want to be sharing anything. Two days in, she came up to me and said, "I get it, Joe. This is this is a cult. This is a family, and everybody is sharing." And uh, I had it all wrong. So attending uh, attending the user conference, that real green user conference, can be a great benefit. You'll make a lot of good friends and. Um, and, you know, joining a peer group that Dan has uh, organized would be another great asset. We, uh, I, re I remember the, the guy from out West who said that he was in our peer group. We had a peer group, uh, Joe was in it and, uh, it was kind of interesting. It was about two years and we reinvigorated him. So, uh, that, that was, uh, kind of interesting, but, uh, so basically what we're seeing is that marketing, you know, the, the, the easy days are over. You got to really work hard for it. Um, you got to be creative about it. Um, you know, uh, digital is expensive. Acquisitions a few years ago, why would you do it now? You kind of have to think about it. Um, what, uh, you know, what you started a lawn care company or your dad did, but you really took it to the next level. If you, uh, with the knowledge you have today, what do you wish you had way back when? What knowledge do you wish you had way back when, uh, when when you started it? You know, I wish I would have been a lot more aggressive than I was. Huh. I, uh, I come on, Joe, you were pretty aggressive. I, you know, <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know this, Joe, but the, the Joe back then didn't, um, you know, didn't uh, could have built a door to door team. You know, could have done more direct mail, uh, could have done those things. And, and partially that's because I started the software company and my focus really changed to the 
to Real Green uh, Systems and the software uh, part of the reason that I didn't get more aggressive in lawn care. But but if, if I would have been aggressive in the mid 80s, I could have really done something special with that lawn care business. I feel like, you know, we grew it to about uh, $3.2 million. And I think the year was 2001, we sold it to Scott's. Uh, and then we we grew uh, two more markets in two years. We grew two markets to uh, about $3 million uh, and sold those back to Scott's. And then we and then we grew a market in Lansing and sold that back to Scott's. So uh, we learned how to do it, but I wish I would have done it a little earlier. I wish I would have uh, figured it out a little earlier. So, so tell me about like Scott's, you know, they, they were a franchise and whatnot, and uh, they don't exist anymore. That franchise system doesn't exist. If you were going to start your own lawn care company, what did you get from Scott's and starting it today? Do you need that? Or do you, because there are other franchise systems, probably not as famous as Scott's out there that you can uh, join, but, but uh, tell us, you know, why you did, you know, why you did Scott's and why not an independent? And I'm sure that there was some, some reasons, uh, you know, for real green and whatnot, but what do you think? Well, uh, a gentleman by the name of Tony Colatrello took me out to play golf one day. I thought he just wanted to play golf with me, but he, he basically said to me, you're either going to sell to me and Scott's, or you're going to be competing against us. <laughs> and uh, so that got the, that got the wheels turning that uh, maybe we should think about selling because they were our biggest software customer at the time as well. Um, <laughs> and, right. Was was Tony from New Jersey? or? Uh... Um, I don't know. He might've been, he might've been uh, <laughs> Philadelphia or something. That, that, that's yeah. what you call positive negotiation tactic there. I could think. That's right. <laughs> I, I call it a scare tactic, but uh, <laughs> um, that's a nice way to put it, Donnie. Uh, so, so why did I do, so Mark Long, who was negotiating the deal to buy our first business, uh, I, I had him throw in uh the the Bay City, the the Flint, and the Lansing markets as a franchise. I had him throw it into the deal, and so he's thinking Joe's going to grow those and sell them back to us, which is what, what exactly what happened. But I had come to the realization that um, having that Scotts Oval was going to reduce our our marketing and sales costs significantly. The seven or eight percent—I forget what our franchise fee was—was uh, was dwarfed by by the ability to when when they're doing tens and tens of millions of dollars worth of television and radio marketing every year for Scott's products, and everybody knows the the oval. Um, you know, so my thinking was, uh, so what if we have to pay a franchise fee? I don't—I didn't really need their help in in, in growing a business. Actually, I, I think I helped them probably as much or more than they helped me. But uh, but just having that logo was going to be a huge benefit to growing the business more cost effectively. And um, nothing was clearer to, to myself and uh, the, the gentleman from the Scotts franchises started Experigreen with me. When we started marketing under Experigreen, nobody knew us, our, you know, whether it was direct mail or it was digital, everything fell off the table. And and uh, now we're back to a reality check. And uh, so 
yeah, a, a franchise system could be great. I mean, it could be great. You buy, uh, whether it's Domino's Pizza or, or, or Starbucks or whatever, instant credibility, instant um, access to customers and so forth. So uh, that was the reason I did it. And um, that night, a gun held to my head. <laughs> so but, but 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 you did you did uh the 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 it was pretty sobering to start Xperia Green thinking that you would come out with that uh same credibility that that's very interesting because uh you know we, we we hear about other franchises that are not famous that are just getting out of the box and uh you kind of wonder well what do they offer you know um, well, I, I think it worked out well for you, Joe, in the end. I mean, yeah, in the end, it was yeah. absolutely the right call for sure. For sure. Even if you had a gun held to your head, I think in the end it it still it 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 went pretty it went pretty well. But yeah, we gotta wrap okay. it up here. And I wanna just I wanna ask one more question before we finish out here. You know, we we have a lot of listeners who are in lawn and and Joe, you are certainly well respected within within both industries. I would say pest and lawn and, and several others. Um, I mean, you've been very successful throughout your career. You've done some amazing things, um, and I, I feel like you're you're one of these people that you've really stayed grounded as you've done it. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who who are you know, maybe they're half a million, maybe a little over a million, or might be some maybe under three million. You've done this several times. I mean, you've you've kind of figured out the puzzle. What are some top kind of key pieces of advice that you would give? these lawn care operators that are, you know, either just starting or, or kind of midway through their career and they really want to grow and they, and they ultimately want to sell what, what kind of nugget, maybe two or three just key things that you feel like they need to do in order to be successful, successful and try to repeat a little bit of, of your own success. Well, that, that's a great question. That's a great question. So I've always been huge on, on building a marketing universe. Um, you know, building a, a database of people that are m more likely to purchase from you than than people that just happen to live in a neighborhood that you service. So finding, you know, uh, finding out who your customer is, you know, what your customer is like and buying uh, buying prospects that are very similar to your customer and marketing to those people. And you, and you got to market with a scalpel. You, you can't do a shotgun approach because you could end up spending three, four hundred dollars a customer direct mail if you don't do it with a scalpel. So you have to be very measured and you have to test. You got to test your offer. What's my offer going to be? <laughs> offer is probably the biggest driving force to results. Uh, it's still, it's that important. If you don't have a strong offer, your results are going to, are going to reflect that as well. Uh, the other thing that people make a mistake doing is, um, I've always talked about a marketing pyramid and, and the top of that pyramid is the person most likely to buy from you. Well, uh, that person is your customer, you know, uh, cross marketing and upselling your customer, upselling them pest control, you know, upselling them lawn care, upselling them on aerations and seeding and uh, whatever it might be. You have to focus a big percentage of your marketing dollar on your existing customers. Because they're gonna, you know, for every ten cents you spend marketing to your customers, you'll probably you'll probably get a dollar back. Whereas um, if you spend a dollar marketing to people that are outside, you might only get one dollar back for every dollar you spend, or maybe two dollars back for every dollar you spend. So it makes sense. You have a limited budget that you can spend on marketing. So start where you're gonna have the best results. 
And then, you know, then it's going to be uh, people that you've had contact with in the past, whether it's an estimate, a past customer. You need to focus a big percentage of your marketing effort and your marketing dollar on those people that have had some kind of contact with your customer or with your company, excuse me. If they contacted you in the past, then they're likely in the market for those kind of services. They're not a do-it-yourself, or they're probably someone that's uh, having a company do it for them. And maybe you didn't get it because somebody got there before you. Maybe you didn't get it because your price was a little higher, whatever. Um, maybe the other company made promises that they didn't keep. Uh, but staying in close contact with, uh, with uh, your cancels, your rejects, and then it's neighbors of your existing customers. You know, focusing on those neighbors of existing customers, you're probably out of marketing dollars now. You, you know, by the time you market to your customers, um, your past leads and cancels and, and neighbors of your customers, you don't have any money left over to do a shotgun approach um, marketing. Um, if you're starting a brand new business, you know, I would get on the phone and call every company in the market. And just let them know that, you know what, I'm thinking about starting a business and uh is there any chance you might be interested in selling? Uh, you know, you might find a company that has three or four. There's a lot of companies out there that have two, three, four hundred customers. Um, and, uh, you know, you might be able to pick one of those up for a reasonable price. You might you can still get those companies for, you know, 80, 90 cents on a dollar, uh, a smaller company with a couple hundred customers, because a true green is not going to it's as much effort for them to buy a company with 10,000 customers as it is a company with 300 customers. And, and more than likely, they're not going to spend the the money and the effort to, to buy those companies. So try and try and pick up a company if you can. That will just jumpstart the growth of your business. And, um, and you know, just think about the little things that you can do. You, you got to it's you're not going to you're not going to win by doing just one thing. You know, you mentioned a, a puzzle. It is a puzzle. You got to do a little bit of everything. You know, I've always been a big advocate of lawn care signs. I'm a big advocate of, of, of clover leafing my customers, knocking on the doors of their neighbors. Uh, big, big on sending prepay letters to cancels every year. And, uh, you know, so you've got to come up with a plan that encompasses a lot of different things. And obviously digital, too. You need to have a company helping you with digital. Uh, but I, I have not I have not found it myself. Now, Donnie, you're an expert on digital, but I have not found that you can grow a business uh, sufficiently with just doing digital. You still have to do all these other things uh, to grow a business. Not anymore. It, back in the old days, you could, but but the costs have escalated so much now that you will absolutely go broke trying to do so. And and I 100% agree with you. I mean, I think now the landscape has changed that, you know, it used to be you could be all in on digital. And we did that for many, many years at Triangle, but but we're not doing it anymore. I mean, now it's much more of a coordinated effort. It's, it's, it's much more diverse in, in the channels that we're marketing in. And it's funny to hear you say call people in your market. That's exactly how Triangle got started. I mean, I bought a company that was called Mike's Pest Control. They had 23 customers and doing 12,000 a year in revenue. That's exactly how I got started. And so that's just great advice. But well, Dan, anything else to question or ask before we close out here? Nope. I think that that's it. I, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate your friendship over the years and, uh, and uh, we, we really enjoyed having you and uh, um, we'll see you soon. Yeah. yeah, 
You guys are you guys are great for the industry. Both of you are great for the industry. You go out and you're teaching people how to how to be successful. And uh, I don't think many industries uh, share like we do in in, in our industry. And uh, there's a lot of people out there, potential customers. And as long as you run an honest business and you do things the right way, uh, you can have plenty of competition and still be friends with them. So uh, appreciate you guys inviting me. Yeah. And uh, hope to see you soon, uh, and maybe at the Real Green Conference or yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, I'll absolutely. be there. We'll be yeah, there. We'll be there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Great. Great. Well, well let's yeah. sit down and have a let's have a coke or something and uh, talk about how I messed this whole uh, webinar. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. It's well, great. without next time, well, uh, the last Real Green Conference. I don't want to get too far into this, but uh, Joe had a uh, uh, what do you call that when when you lift people up? Uh, uh, levitating, yeah, levitating. yeah. Joe is levitating on on stage, and if you want to see that, hopefully we can get that one again today. But that's a story <laughs> in itself. So. Well, there are definitely pastoral green conferences, and there's lots of stories that involve Kool Aid and and boxing matches and casinos. Right? You know, <laughs> we could go on and on. <laughs> but, but no, but with, with that, yeah. Joe, thanks again. Great having you on board, man. And and it's great to connect with you. And, and just thank you for everything you've done in our industry as well. You've helped a lot of people and a lot of people respect you because of what you've done. And it's something to be proud of well beyond money and, and business success. And so I just want to thank you for that. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would say the exact same thing. So with that, Absolutely. just a reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. And if you have any complaints, concerns, anything negative in nature, please direct those comments to Dan. And if you like us and you like what you listen to, please direct those comments and reviews to our review websites. And with that, we're going to sign out. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Take care. Thanks, guys.